Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us one more time. Right now we have Pastor J.C. Mitchell with this beautiful message titled, A Double Portion for a Needy World Today. And we have a beautiful song from Delisa Dean, Here is Love. My brothers and sisters, I pray to God that this message will bring encouragement to you. And I pray to God that if your heart is touched by the message today and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to do the prayer with Pastor JC and also send us a message and let us know. God bless you. Here is Pastor and Delisa Dean.
Hello, dear friends. Perhaps some of you have wondered uh, who I am, where I've come from. I was called to preach when I was a high school senior. I went to Mars Hill College, then to Wake Forest University, and on to Southwestern Baptist Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. When I was only 19 years old, I was called to be pastor of the First Baptist Church of Quitman, Texas. From Quitman, I moved to Eastern North Carolina and became pastor of the First Baptist Church of Clinton, North Carolina. After four or five years in that section of the state, I was called to the First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. And there I spent 10 wonderful years and was used of God in planting other congregations or churches. From Suffolk, I was called to the Hunter Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. While I was there, I began a statewide Sunday morning TV service, which reached a lot of people. And also at Hunter Street, we were able to plant some more churches. From Hunter Street, I was called to the First Baptist Church of Winter Park, Florida. I retired several years ago from Winter Park, Florida after serving there 21 years. I am now seven, I am now 93 years old and will be 94 June the 17th. And so I've had a long and varied and interesting and productive ministry. And thank you for allowing me to speak once again the word of God. The identifying mark of the early church was not doctrinal correctness, liturgical celebrations, or ecclesiastical compliance with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit was permitted to flow through them, a handful of mostly uneducated and uninfluential men with empty pockets and empty hands turned the world upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the mission and the message today, but as George Fox reminds us, what will it profit us that we have the scriptures but have lost the spirit that wrote them. In the mission of your church, it is imperative that you focus upon the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want us to look at the story of Elijah and Elisha. And that's found in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. First of all, consider 
the noble desire. The scriptures present the closing scenes of the prophet Elijah's life and ministry. Elisha had been chosen to be Elijah's successor. This desire for a double portion of the spirit that was upon Elijah came because Elisha had seen in the prophet's life and ministry those qualities and power that he so desperately needed. Elisha's life qualifies that he needed to have this kind of power. And so he would not leave Elijah before he was translated to heaven. He wanted to learn and experience the God that was in Elijah's life. Every time that we look at these heroes of faith and consider also those through the centuries who have been mightily used of God, we discover that every one of them experienced a deepening encounter with Jesus Christ in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I've treasured through the years a couple of books. One book by James Lawson is entitled Deeper Experiences of Famous Christians. In this book, the author sketches the spiritual experiences of the world's great Christians from the 13th to the 19th century. The other book is by Raymond Edmond. It's about 20 great Christians in the 19th and 20th centuries whose lives were transformed by a special touch from God. Although their experiences varied, their theologies differed, yet George Fox, John Bunyan, George Whitfield, Adonorn Judson, Francis Ridley Havigale, Peter Cartwright, Christmas Evans, George Mueller, John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, A.J. Gordon, Dwight L. Moody, Billy Graham, all testify of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And today, any person who is being used mightily of God will point to the Holy Spirit as the source. The young prophet at Bethel confronted Elijah twice to remind him that he was going to be taken away. And the implication is whether Elisha thought that he was ready to fill Elijah's shoes. Elisha knew that he was inadequate for the ministry that would be his. And this is the reason that he asked 
of Elijah a double portion. What we see in the lives of those who have been and are being mightily used and the poverty in our own hearts should enlarge this noble desire for the power of God's spirit. And the scriptures is very prominent regarding this. Paul summarizes it when he says, be filled with the spirit. Don't get your stimulation from alcoholic beverages, but rather your stimulation from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at the adventure of faith that Elisha experiences. As the hour neared for Elijah to enter into the gates of heaven, Elisha wanted to be alone, but Elijah pers persisted that he follow him. And so the prophet, he and Elisha walked on dry ground through the river Jordan. When the moment of departure came, Elijah asked Elisha, what shall I do for you before I be taken away? Elisha's reply was, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Just as Elisha sought to obtain a double portion of God's spirit to qualify him for the task, so my friend, each of us needs to be doubly endowed with the spirit of God for the mission, the task that God has called us to. Strain images began to fill the sky. They drew near the earth. They were the chariots and horses of fire. As they touched the earth, Elijah suddenly enters into a whirlwind and is lost to mortal sight. Elisha stands there in a trance, and then he cries after his beloved leader, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof, where have you gone? The ascension of Elijah was what Elisha received as a foreshadowing of the ascension, the ascension and exhortation of Jesus Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that which by faith we are to receive. Jesus said, the water which I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. In the dryness and deadness of your own heart, do you desire that artesian well of the spirit flowing in and through your life? Stephen, 
was full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Those men chosen to wait on tables was full of the Holy Spirit. Paul engaged in great missionary journeys because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Is this your desire? A double portion of God's Spirit only comes when men today believe that it's possible and they want it above everything else. Following the story of Elijah's departure and Elisha's obsession, look at the principles by which he obtained that double portion. First of all, there is Elijah's exaltation in chapter 2, verse 11. And so also Paul believes what is the exceeding greatness of the power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The discovery of the power of the Holy Spirit when we recognize his presence and yield to Christ the exalted Lord is the means of a more effective ministry. And look at Elisha's humiliation in verse 12. Grief had overwhelmed Elisha, but not just grief of the loss of a friend, but a sense of inadequacy. Elisha saw his own unworthiness. And so the second step is a sense of need and inadequacy. How often do you and I restrain the flow of the Holy Spirit because of an unbroken will? Jesus experienced a broken will in Gethsemane, a broken fellowship with the Father on the cross. And so the unbroken ego of fallen man must be broken also at Calvary. Our proud, self-justifying, self-reliance, self-seeking must come to the brokenness of that of David who cried, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, thou wilt not despise. Yes, the true evidence of brokenness is not a moment of emotion, but a willingness to do everything that God tells us to do. In Acts 5.32, 
we're told that God gives his Holy Spirit to them that obey him. Are you ready to obey God in all things? And then in verse 13, we find the appropriation. We note that at the end of the verse, that he took up the mantle. This is symbolic of the filling of the Holy Spirit, which came on that day of Pentecost and to every subsequent believer. The coming of the Holy Spirit into the lives of the followers of Christ on the day of Pentecost, the culmination of God's age-long preparation for world evangelism, all of this indicates what the answer is for our lack of evangelism and winning the world to Jesus Christ. Toward the end of the ministry of Jesus, he told his disciples of another one that would come. At that day, Jesus said, you shall know that I am in the Father and the Father in me and I in you. The wonder of what happened in that second chapter of Acts is that the Father and the Son came to abide within the believer by the Holy Spirit. Now God is in man. In the opening chapters of Acts, we find repeatedly the statement, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit meant being filled with power and love. The Greek word that is translated fill is pletho, which is translated in other places, overcome. And so to be filled meant to be overcome by the presence of God. It follows, then, that to be filled with the Spirit is to be overcome by the Spirit so that he takes over to multiply the effectiveness of your witness and ministry. And so the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not merely God in man, but God possessing and overcoming man with his glory and power. The other arresting statement in this verse is that as soon as he took the mantle of Elijah, he began to act in the endowment and power of Elijah. The filling of the Holy Spirit is not primarily an experience though, certainly, it's not just to make us special, deluxe edition of Christianity, but the filling of the Holy Spirit is simply to make us effective in the work that he has given us to do.
as Elijah, as Elisha began to act in faith, the God of Elijah manifested himself. Because Elisha received a double portion of Elijah's spirit, we find that twice the number of Elijah's miracles were performed by Elisha because our task is supernatural. We too must experience the miraculous and the supernatural of God. But what God gives is not for our reporting and glory, but for man's redemption and God's glory. These young prophets soon noticed something different about Elisha and declared the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And it does not take people long today to determine whether we're operating in the flesh or in the spirit. Briefly review with me some of the 19 miracles that are recorded in Elisha's ministry. In verse 14, the waters were parted. The power of the Holy Spirit enables us to deal with difficulties and problems. Then there is patience in dealing with the doubting prophets in verses 15 and 16. These would not really believe that God had taken Elijah to heaven. And so they asked Elisha's permission to send a committee to look for Elijah, lest peradventure the spirit of the Lord had taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or in some valley. Elisha needed the power of God to give him patience, to allow these to fall so that they could be developed themselves into men of faith. Certainly one of the clearest evidence of God's spirit being in the life of any man of God is that he will have patience with people to the point of even allowing them sometimes to fail. It takes patience, which I do not have often, but the Holy Spirit gives the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. And then there was the miracle of sweetening of the bitter waters, verses 19 and 22. In these verses, we find that Elisha threw salt into the spring waters to sweeten them. God has redeemed us and made us to be the salt of the earth in order that through our lives, the gospel might change and sweeten the lives of people that have become bitter and sour. And there are others that uh, we might consider if we had time. Well, let me name one other. Judgment upon those who ridiculed him, found in verses 23 through 25. 
as the Holy Spirit gives us power to deal with problems, power to develop people, power to destroy poison in our society. Also, he gives power to defeat pessimism. The lesson that we learn from this story is how some teenage boys ridicule Elisha because of some personal physical defect, but how God gave him power to overcome them and to move on with his ministry. Paul S. Rees tells of a Keswick conference in which a preacher enumerated the great blessings which came in his ministry as a consequence of a spirit-filled service. Following the sermon, a young man came to the speaker and said, I am so thirsty. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. The preacher said, well, I can take you to the place where I was filled. And anyone can be filled at that place. Would you like to come with me? Yes, by all means, the young man replied. So they walked out of the conference grounds up a mountain. As they sauntered along, preacher kept talking about the glory resulting from a spirit-filled life. Once in a while, the young man would come to the clearing in the woods and ask, is this the place where you were filled? No, but it isn't much farther. It's up here a little more distance. They kept walking. The preacher kept talking. The young man's thirst kept increasing. They reached a plateau and the young man asked again, is this the place? He asked the same when they walked out into the valley again at the edge of a clearing and at the top of each hill. Is this the place? He asked again and again. Finally, he could stand it no longer. He fell on his knees and shouted, I can't go any farther. I must pray to be filled right now. That preacher turned and said, this is the place. You have found the place. And, and yes, my friend, whenever you and I reach the place that we desire more than anything else, the filling and the leadership and the love of the Holy Spirit, God will respond and fill us with his presence. And so today, whether you are active in the ministry of Christ, or just a layman, or perhaps even lost and without Christ in your life. Today, God's mercy and presence in the Holy Spirit will come to your life if you desire it, if you ask it, if you repent and receive him. Let us pray. Father God, we ask for the infilling of your spirit into my life and in those who have listened today. Increase that desire, that thirst, 
that need and bring us to that point, Lord, that we're desperate in knowing your presence and power and leadership. And God, I pray for those who have not accepted you as their personal savior. May the spirit of God move in their lives with conviction and bring faith and a surrendered heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you again, Father, for the privilege of sharing your message with the world about us. In Christ's name, amen.